Well, me and uh, Dr. Frank uh, had the opportunity to kind of team up together on this next passage of Scripture. Is it on? Okay. Uh, and we, we got a chance to team up, and it was a really great experience. So I'm going to go first, and then he's going to come in and clean up my mess. And uh, no, hopefully it's not like that. But, uh, but seriously, we're, we're digging into the Word. I know a lot of, see a lot of visitors right now, I think, for the, the baby, the uh, child dedication. So that's great you guys are here. But we're going through 1 John, and uh, right now we're in, in verses 4, 1 through 6. And what a great week you guys picked to come here. We're talking about falsehoods and false prophets, Antichrist, and, um, and then uh, the, the title of the message is, is Beware of Falsehood, Seek Truth. And, uh, and Dr. Frank told me that I'm supposed to start with a story, because he always likes to start with a story, right? Um, he, he always likes the story parts of it. Uh, my story, his usually have nothing to do with the, the topic at all which is quite random, I would say. But uh, mine, mine actually is a little bit about uh, on the topic. And it's a story of me in high school. Um, and one day, I, I, I grew up in a very small Iowa town. Um, our, our town size was about 1,000 people. And so very, very small town. So what happened was, one morning, I said it was my senior year of high school, and I said to myself, you know what, I woke up one morning, and I didn't have, I don't know why I'm putting put my hand on this, but uh, I woke up one morning and I said, you know what, I really just don't want to go to school today. And my parents were already gone. Uh, I, had to, I had the first class, you know, off or a senior hour or whatever it is. And uh, so I said, you know what, I'm just not going to go. But, you know, you go to a small enough school that, you know, they know when you're gone. You know what I mean? So what I did was I called the school for some reason. Uh, pretending to be my father, who actually my dad just got off work at like 6 that morning. He was working third shift, and so he was sleeping. So I was like, oh, I can get away with this, right? So I called school, uh, and I said, uh, hello, uh, yeah, can I speak with Connie Bowen, please? You know, in my low voice. So it was, can I speak with Connie Bowen, please? And um, so they patched me through. And I said, I said, yeah, this is Bruce Huber. Um, just letting you know the Jets won't be in today. He's not feeling too good. And that's what I said, right? Well, I hung up the phone, and, and actually, before I hung up the phone, she said, Bruce, is that you? Connie, the, my principal, said this to my father. And I said, yeah, of course it is, or something like that, right? So then I hung up the phone. Okay? About 30 seconds later, I get a call back from the school, and it was Mary, who was the secretary, who was like, she was just retiring that year, okay, so she has known me since I was in diapers, and she said, and I said, hello, <laughs> and she said, Jess, and I said, no, this is Bruce, <laughs> you know, and uh, of course, she's like, oh, okay, well, I just didn't know, you know, and all this other stuff, and I, I put more into the lie, hung up the phone again, and then about two minutes later, uh, my mother calls. Now, lo and behold, <laughs> Connie, the principal of our school, had my mother's cell phone and her work phone, and her uh, daughters have gone to my mother's preschool. So she called my mother at work and said, yeah, Jess is acting like Bruce right now trying to get out of school. <laughs> so my mother calls me, and as soon as I saw her, her like, thing on the, on the, what is it called? The, yeah, the caller ID, right? I see Candy Huber, and I'm just like, 
And I picked up the phone. I didn't say, and all I said was, Mom, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done it. I'm so sorry. And, and you think about, like, uh, the principal, uh, Connie, and then Mary, and, and, you know, all these people, they had to, like, kind of, they, they knew, obviously, and they had to beware of the falsehood that I was teaching, right? Oh, I, got, I hit the title, but, uh, but that's kind of my little funny story, I guess. I like those personal ones, but, um, so, if you ask me about that later, I'll probably still deny it. Um, it was very embarrassing, and then my mother said, you go to that school and you go into that office and apologize to your principal and apologize to Mary. You know, so anyway. It was. So I, I definitely walked in there with my tail in between my legs. So, uh, But like I was saying, the theme this morning is uh, our, beware of falsehood, seek truth. I'm really going to be focusing more on beware of falsehood and, and Dr. Frank's going to be hitting more on, on, on the truth part. And uh, a lot of great passages here and, and we're mainly going to be going through 1 John 4, 1 through 3 with me. Uh, a great passage, and I don't have my phone on me. Could you bring that up? <laughs> Whoops. I have to use that. Sorry, man. And uh, in First John 4, 1 through 3, try, try to turn there with me, if you could. And we're going uh, to read all of it, just 1 through 3 right now. And we're going to go through verse by verse, if we can. So 1 John 4, starting verse 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Now, first off, I just want to say that right before this, um, you know, we heard it last week from KT. Uh, but in, verses, in verse 24 of chapter 3, if you look right back there, it, it says, Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given to us. So he pretty much comes out, and, and we talked about it last week, is that we talked a lot about abiding in him, um, and that are you really in him, you know, abiding with him. And now he says, but you have the Spirit, is what he says. But then right after that, we get into, but beware of the false spirits. So that's why he's going into this. So let's go, verse 1 again. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test, but test the spirits. Uh, test the spirits. For many, uh, wait, where am I? Test spirits to see whether they are from God. So, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that is from God, uh, wait, sorry, I skipped a line, confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the Spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. So uh, let's pray for the, this passage here. Lord, just we thank you for this opportunity we have to just look at your word, uh, to seek your truth, and Lord, uh, um, to get a, great, uh, get a great reminder this morning, uh, maybe a challenge and also an encouragement, Lord. So we just give you this day in your name. Amen. So we're going through uh, w- with these, these false prophets, and, and especially in verse 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. You see, John has had this experience with these people, and, and they, they have been turning uh, and, and listening to every little person that came into their, into their village and into their church. And they were ending up... Uh, believing what they were saying, and, and they were doing a lot of bad things. But, but I think to myself, well, how can we know what a false prophet is if 
how, how can we recognize a false prophet if we don't even know what it is? So, so that's what I want to clarify this morning. Um, so I, I think there's, there's a bunch of tests here that, that we remember. The first test, and, and it's in your bulletin as well, is, is falsehood in teachers. Uh, and the first one, I think they will deny Christian doctrine. And in 2 Peter 2, 1, but, uh, actually I'm going to read through 3, but there are also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who bought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality, and because of the teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get a hold of your money. But God condemned them long ago, and their destruction will not be delayed. And this here, they're pretty much claiming to have a new teaching, a new revelation. Uh, And these people are going to claim that they are the only ones that hold the truth. We see this uh, numerous places. I'm sure a lot of you can think of them off the top of your head. We've even said them in the past weeks. Uh, Mormonism, we think of Islam. Uh, Jehovah Witness, specifically these religions, uh, not only do they not hold Christian doctrine, but they set themselves apart where there's a new revelation, whether it's a John Smith having a dream of the angel Moroni coming and, and giving him this book or the, you know, this, you know, this truth or this revelation. You know, it's just crazy stuff, okay? So this is the Christian doctrine that we're saying is that when, when they deny Christian doctrine, obviously that's a pretty good click of, yeah, they're not from God. That's a false prophet. Okay? The second one would be they display an exclusive spirit. And when they display an exclusive spirit, and we see this a lot too, is that uh, in, in 1 John 2.19, uh, we went through it a few weeks ago. I think Lev actually um, shared it. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. So because they have this exclusive spirit and they've left us, then they are, not, uh, they are not of God. And this is different than, I think, what maybe I thought of it at first. This is more when they just kind of leave the thing. And I think of a few examples um, uh, would be one with the other churches. Uh, I would even say even churches that could be down the hall from us, you know, that this exclusive spirit that, not only they believe that they are the only right church or the only right denomination out there, they believe and they condemn any other church that preaches Christ. And they say, no, 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 you're doing it wrong, or you believe this wrong, or, or uh, you're, doing, you're doing these steps wrong, or whatever the case is. And we see it down, the, down there, we see it at Westboro Baptist Church, you know, uh, sometimes I, I want to start another church that throws rocks at Westboro Baptist Church, you know, and, and that's a, a horrible thing to say, but at the same time, it's that, that's what people see from the outside world, and they think that's what a Christian looks like, and that's not right. But that's the exclusive spirit that we're talking about. Another thing is, is even people that I've seen, uh, maybe even uh, around this area, even in this church, that we even say, and I've been a part of this as well, is we have this exclusive spirit of, hey, you know, we're the best. Or maybe we don't even say we're the best. We say, uh, we say, we start bashing these other people, these other friends that we have at these other churches because, I don't know, maybe we, we want to feel better about ourselves. And, and I've, been a vict- I've, I've done that before. And I'm not saying that we are the Antichrist, 
uh, specifically, but I'm saying that that is falsehood. And that's what it's teaching when we do that. That exclusive spirit is, is so out of this world wrong. So when we see that, we, we got to have our guard up. And the, the third one, so we got, uh, oh, I should have popped that up there earlier. So we have, they will deny Christian doctrine. That's how we, we see it. They also will display an exclusive spirit. And this, the, the third one will be, they will emphasize a salvation by works. They minimize the grace of God. This comes from Galatians 2.16. It says, Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. That's a great reminder there. I, I call this Jesus plus salvation. Okay? They're emphasizing salvation by works, minimizing, and ultimately they are minimizing the grace of God, saying what he did on the cross wasn't good enough. Him resurrecting from the grave, it's not good enough. So when you add on that Jesus plus salvation part, that's when we get a, a very uh, difficult time, and that's, that's where we see a, uh, some other religions, you know. Uh, I know that there's a lot of them that do that. Uh, Catholicism uh, sometimes preaches that where, where it's more... Uh, you know, this is what you need to do. And even though those are great things to do, but the most important thing is we look at Galatians 2.16 is it's not the law. It says Christ Jesus that we may be justified. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus. By faith in Jesus Christ. We are not justified by works. We're justified by our faith in Christ Jesus. So when people add these things, and it's not just the works, I think it's it's either, uh, well, you have to dress this way, or you have to say these things, or you have to do this certain thing, or you have to be involved in this class in our church, and then you will be saved, right? Just, just these things, and when we see that, that is falsehood. It is falsehood, and ultimately it could be considered as false prophets. Uh, I also, before we move on to the, to the second test, I, I just want to point out that I don't think that when we're talking about this uh, real quickly, when we're talking about false prophets, I'm, I'm pretty much saying that we should evaluate all speakers, teachers, preachers of the word, and we need to make sure uh, we can't take what they say at face value. And I believe that's true to a certain point. Um, I, I also don't believe that we should be sitting back like, like a professor, um, like grading someone speaking, you know? And I have a hard time with that. Um, oh, I could do it better than that, or... Or I would have said this instead, you know, or, oh, that's not right, you know. And we get that, that mentality sometimes. Um, I do it as well. Um, I think of Bereans, the Bereans in Acts 17.11. What does it say in Acts 17.11? If you want to write that down, Acts 17.11, it talks about the Bereans where Paul and Silas uh, come, and they say that they were better off, these people, not because they received the word with what? With joy, and then searched the scriptures for the truth. Okay? Receiving it with joy, searching the word with truth. Acts 17.11 with the Bereans. A great reminder to us. So the second test that I want to go over is the falsehood on their view of Jesus Christ. Now this is the big one. Okay? The big one here. The second test, falsehood of this. Because in in verse 2 we're going to specifically go over Jesus Christ. That's a very offensive line. Okay? It really is. Uh, they have a wrong view of Jesus Christ. John teaches us that, that the real test of truth is what a person believes. Uh, me and Dr. Frank were talking this week, and we eventually got to the point where 
whatever religion, whatever denomination, when it really boils down to it, what we have a biggest problem with is Jesus Christ. You can be at work or in the public. You can say, God, no one says anything. Uh, you can say, Holy Spirit, or you can say, Allah, whatever the case is. And usually people don't even bat an eye, but when you say the word Jesus Christ, I mean, sometimes flares fly. You know, I mean, things go crazy. Fireworks go. Because it's, a, it's an offensive line. Jesus Christ turned this world upside down. He said there's a right and there's a wrong. It's pretty offensive, you know. There's a right and there's a wrong. But that's the biggest thing, and that's what it boils down to. And this is probably the, the biggest thing to remember, is this is how you really test a false prophet. See what they believe about Jesus Christ. See what they say. So what do we believe about Jesus Christ? He is eternal. He, is, he was not created. He was the creator. Colossians 1, 15 through 16 says, For the Son of uh, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in earth, heaven on earth, uh, visible and, and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. And then also in 1 John 1, 1 through 3, we've already gone over this. Um, or John, not First John, John 1, 1 through 3. Uh, a lot of you know this, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, the Word was God. Uh, he is the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And, and, I, and I look at this stuff, and I think, yes, He's eternal. And we can say, yes, He's eternal. Uh, he was not created, but He is the Creator. And I, I, I basically all we need to, to believe is that Jesus is eternal, that he is the first, you know, and he is last. And he was there at the beginning. You know, that's what he's saying is that uh, that it's not like he was born later. And we're going to go over that in, in the next point here is that that he didn't just uh, show up someday because the father needed help. OK, he, he was there. And we can even point out if we really wanted to. Uh, I remember in youth group, uh, about six months ago, we went through Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, you know, and, and it was a great reminder of that, and um, that he was there. So this next thing that I really want to hit on is Jesus is God in the flesh. It's kind of a weird thing. Why don't you look again at 1 John chapter 4, verse 2 with me. So right in the scripture, it says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. In the flesh. 1 John 1, 3 and 7 and also 4, 2, like I just read, uh, says that which, we have, uh, that which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Now, I, I think uh, one thing that we can take away from this is that I, I think uh, John really had a, a specific group he was pointing to. And, and Gnosticism was a huge thing. It's, it, was, it was just starting up, actually, when he was writing this. So Gnosticism was, was a, really, a part of Gnosticism was actually uh, Docetism. And yes, I had to look that up. We had to look that up to figure out the pronunciation. So 
Kelsey asked me, is that how you say that? But yes, uh, docetism. Uh, and, and docetism is a brand of Gnosticism that believed that Jesus was actually a divine spirit who only appeared to be physical. His body, they argue, was not f- truly flesh, but it was only an illusion. Okay? Um, also, another part of Gnosticism actually goes out and says that Jesus was Jesus the man, but then when he was baptized in, in John, right, in, by John the Baptist, and the dove came down, that's when he became Jesus Christ, right? And then when he's on the cross, for those, after those three years, he's on the cross, he says, I commit my spirit, right? And that's when the Christ was taken back, because God can't die, is what their argument was as well. So that was a Gnosticism, and that was a Docetism that was going on through this time. So he, when he says, uh, in, in verse 2, when he says, every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is, is come in the flesh is from God. That's what he's pointing out. That's what he's pointing out. And then the last, uh, the last point of uh, the second test of, of Jesus Christ is Jesus is the only way to God. And in 2.22 uh, of 1 John, it says, And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ, anyone who denies the Father... And the Son is an Antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Uh, Lev spoke about this, I know, uh, a few weeks ago, at least, I I remember. And um, it it really all comes back to Jesus. And like I said earlier, it depends on what they say about Jesus. That's how you recognize who a false prophet is. Look at these things, and if you think that, that it's weird, ask them. I, I, I've had a Jehovah Witness friend that I thought we were on the same page the whole time. You know, and I'm like, great, well, that's weird. I, I thought Jehovah Witness believed this other thing, and I finally got to it. Do you believe Jesus Christ, 100% man, 100% God, came and died on the cross for our sins and was resurrected? And he said, no. And that's what it boils down to, okay? It's all about Christ there, okay? Uh, the third test that we have is a pers- falsehood and personal confession. Personal faith involves a confession. 4.3, Matthew 7.21, uh, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Pretty scary passage there. If, if that doesn't scare you, well, I don't know what's wrong. Uh, Matthew 25 also scares me a little bit, talking about sheep and goats. But he's saying that not everyone, uh, it, it's got to be a true confession. Okay, Anyone can say, uh, can say that I'm a sinner. What does really confess mean here? And that's, that's the key here. When it says anyone who confesses, right? And, and also in Romans 10, 9, uh, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, you will be saved. So there's two actions there. Confessing it and believing it. Um, I think of this as when, you were, when I was younger at least, um, me and my sister got into a lot of fights and whenever she started picking on me or whatever like that, I would usually get her down on the ground and put her in a headlock, right? Um, well, she used to do it to me, and then I got bigger. But um, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. Uh, but I would put her in a headlock, right? And she'd be screaming and yelling. And she deserved, by the way, what I was doing. Um, Mom would come into the room and yell at me like, what are you, get, her, get rid of your sister. And I'd be like, and she'd be crying. So whatever, I didn't care, okay? And she deserved it. And then, what would mom say to me? Anyone guess? Say you're sorry. And what would I say? Sorry, Kelly. And then mom would say, say it like you mean it. (laughs) Right? It's easy to to, to just say something. 
Uh, I say sorry to a lot of people, probably a lot of you, no offense, uh, and I really didn't mean it because I thought I was in the right, you know? It's easy to say that stuff, but it's, it's the point of believing it. And when we confess, there is, there is not just confessing it, you just don't say, do you believe Jesus Christ? Yes, I do. Okay, then we're good. It's, we got to see that fruit. It's the same thing when, when if someone tells me that I don't know and, and I, I really haven't seen fruit in their lives, if they tell me something that God has told them, I, yeah, I doubt it. But you know, if Joe comes up to me and says, God, dude, God's been laying this on my heart. Dr. Frank or Lev, somebody like that, I, I believe him. I don't doubt. I believe him on that. Okay? And that's what, person, that's what the confession is talking about. And the last thing here, personal faith involves a new character. This new character, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Uh, therefore, if anyone is in... Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Colossians 3, uh, 9 and 10 also speaks of this as well. Um, whoops, sorry. And it says, put on the new self, right? Um, actually, I like the, the, the translation of put on the new skin because it's a really... It's an actual... Uh, it's totally different, Right? totally different. There must be a new character involved here. Uh, the great lesson that I just want to point out real quick before I, I turn over to Dr. Frank is, is that uh, the great thing lies with the Spirit here. It's, it's just beneath the surface in this text. Uh, is that none of us will listen to a message. None of us uh, will listen to a message of Christ unless the ho- mighty Holy Spirit overcomes our resistance. He not only overcomes our resistance, but he gives us ears to hear. And that's what it says. um, And this is what these verses say as well. And that's what it's talking about. Lydia, um, it says, And the Lord opened her heart, so she accepted Paul was saying. Um, He has given you a heart to understand, your eyes to see, your ears to hear. And and I look at that and I say, None of us will confess from our hearts. We can confess from our mouths, but, but none of us will confess from our hearts unless Jesus Christ has come in the flesh uh, and the Holy Spirit humbles us to accept the authority of Jesus implied in the confession. Okay? John's great assumptions just lying beneath the verse, uh, these verses here is that hearing the gospel with openness and confessing Christ with loyalty is a work um, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, they're false prophets and we see the, the, that um, we have a view of Christ as wrong. And there's a wrong confession, you know, a way of a wrong confession. Uh, now the question is, now that we kind of clarified, uh, what do false prophets really, if we see what they look like, well then, what do we do? Where do we go? We don't just stop there. We do, um, we, we have to deal with these false prophets. And if there are false prophets out there, of which they are, um, what are we? What are we to do? So I'm going to turn over to Dr. Frank here. Good morning. I think Jeff uh, Jess could have continued. I was enjoying the message. And, uh, you know, you're wondering after all these things, are we all antichrist? Are we all false prophets? If we all confess things or say things that were not in line with what, we, what we've heard uh, him saying. And then in verse 4, John is taking a turn. He said, actually, no. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them. You're not one of them. 
you have overcome them. They've tried to take you with them. They try you to believe the things they were saying. But no, that was not the case. You are from God. Know this for sure. And you have overcome them. Why? Because there is one in you who is greater than the one that is in the world. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And because of the Holy Spirit, we are able to overcome them. These false teachers, they are from the world. And they speak like the prince of the world. They speak like the one that's leading them. But remember, we are overcomer. We are not listening to them. We are not following them because we know we are from God. John is emphasizing this. You know, in verse 4, he said, you are from God. And then in verse 5, he would say, they are from the world. And then in verse 6, he would say, we are from God. So he is uh, comparing and then contrasting the two. We are from God and they are from the world. And we are from God, we overcome them. You know, sometimes uh, among God's people, we are wondering, yes, we are from God, they are from the world. But are we hearing them? Are we listening to them? Are we following what they are saying? They are from the world, first 5 says, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. It's like speaking in our days from the world, telling us things, things that the world wants to hear. And our world influences so much in our thinking and the things that we are doing. They let us believe everything is true. You know, everything. You switch on the TV. I mean, some of you don't have TVs, but uh, I, I do. I have one. And you switch on the TV and you watch the TV. They speak as if it is okay for gay marriages. You know, it's okay. You know, why would someone want to say something else? That is normal. That's rule. In our new society, those are the things that we want to follow. The world wants us to believe that everything is right. Truth, what's that? I mean, you have yours, I have mine. And don't try to look into my backyard. Stay away from there. You look in yours, I look in mine, and we will be happy, all of us. Going to heaven, there are different ways. You go your way, I go my way, and we all will be happy at the end. That's what they do. They speak from the world. And you know, there is one aspect that I've, I, I've, I've been struggling with. It's one even among God's people where it seems like we are taking the perspective of the world so much that when someone would speak to us from the word of God, showing us where there are things in our, in our lives that may not be right, we are offended. You know, you people should be complimenting you all the time, even if you are wrong. Sometimes teaching students, a student will say something that you know is wrong. And other student will say, no, you're good, that's, it's okay. And I wonder, is that really okay? Or 
uh, we were sharing uh, Jess and I. Sometimes, oh, was it Jess and I or somebody else? I don't remember anymore. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you play soccer, your team didn't win, and you will get a prize anyway. You know, because I mean, you've tried hard. Like yesterday, uh, uh, there was the World Cup soccer. Did somebody watch it by chance? Whoops. And then Chile didn't win. Brazil win. Do you think FIFA will give Chile the World Cup saying you've tried hard? <laughs> I mean, there, no, you did not win. You're out. They have to go home. We live in society where people do not want to hear us speaking the truth. Speaking from the perspective of Christ. He would tell his disciples... If you do not do what? You do not hate your, yourself. If you do not deny yourself. If you do not put all these things behind you, you can't be my disciple. It's not easy, right? He wants you to make a commitment that is 100%. And if it's not there, he said, you cannot be my disciples. And the world tells us today... <coughs> No, it's okay. Even if you give him 1%, he will be happy. Not the Christ of Scripture. They are from the world, and they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. You know, again, as a Christian, when we are speaking, people don't want to listen to us. They feel like we are intolerant. Uh, there is a story that uh, Jess uh, shared with me, gave it to me here. It's a movie, I've never watched the movie, Facing the Giants. And then uh, the, uh, Chris Fur, vice president for marketing at uh, Provident Films, was quoted, quoted by Howard saying that she was told by someone at the Motion Picture Association of America that Facing the Giants was awarded a PG rating. You know, parental guidance? Because the film was heavily laden with messages from one religion. And that might offend people from other religions. And what is that religion? Guess what? Christianity. And why Christianity claims that there is only one way? Jesus. And if that's the case... PG. Be careful. People will be offended. I remember at a time when, uh, you know, the word processors, I used to use a word perfect at that time. And then one of the first one where it was possible to do the spell check. So I type hell. And then, you know, you could click on the word and you see something to change it. And it underlined that word for me, hell. And I click and say, consider revising, offensive. <laughs> yes that's the the world in which we are they are from the world they speak from the world and the world listens to them and with us as Christian the world does not want to listen to us for 6a we are from God once again John want to emphasize this to us people we belong to God we do not belong to the world. 
We live in this world, but we are not for this world. And whoever knows God, listen to us. Those of us who know God, we seek truth. We want to know the mind of God. We want to know the will of God. And we want to follow the will of God. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. And by this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. We live in this world. We'll face false teachers from the inside. But John says, yes, and they speak from the world. They take things from the world and make us believe that it is okay to go on like that. They don't want us to take a stand that we belong to Christ and we will follow him and do things his way. They just want us to enjoy the world and be like one of them. No, we are from God. We are different. And we do things different. We listen to God and we want to follow him. You know, just, just uh, as a conclusion, uh, just mentioned it earlier, but it's good to emphasize. It doesn't mean that everybody who disagree with us is a false teacher. I mean, uh, some may have, uh, I think some of the elders may have received the outline that I had before. And guess what? Just wanted us to change it. Is he not a false teacher? He disagreed with my outline. That's not the point. It's not about people agreeing with us or people doing things the way we want to. First and foremost, it is about Christ. And he is the one that decides whether someone is a false teacher or not. Do you know it's healthy to be in a local church where we can have disagreement and still love one another? That's healthy. That's what the Lord wants. And when there are big issues, we will be able to overcome. My wife and I have been married for 27 years. And do you know that she keeps on disagreeing with me? <laughs> After all these years. And you know, sometimes I realize, well, okay, well, it was good that she, did, that she disagreed, that we didn't do it my way, you know. But that's always afterwards. <laughs> But it's good for us. It's good to have that kind of interaction. But it is also true that we cannot accept everything as if it is from God. There are limits and we will have to speak to those. So we will have this balance. And the next message will tell us more about it as we go to verse 7. It's not about telling people the truth, but it's also about love. And that's for the next message. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to be the Savior of the world. He came to open the door for us so that we can come to you. He came and he, sp he spoke to us and showed us your way to bring honor and glory to you. And it is our desire as followers of of him to, to honor him, to live lives that will bring honor and glory to him, both personally, but also as uh, believers together, as Christians, as your people. And even for one another, we want to be people that listen to one another, encourage one another, 
but also challenge one another so that we will walk the walk that you want us to walk, to hear your voice and follow you. Thank you once again for this time, and we bless your name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Are there announcements? I don't think there's any announcements right now.